I hear you. I hear you. What's that? You greatly enjoy the New World Pictures podcast? You need sunlight? No, no, friend. You only need the New World Pictures podcast. I hear you. Music. Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast, where we talk about every movie released, every movie released <laughs> by New World Pictures. Sometimes I say it and it's, it doesn't even dawn on me. And sometimes you say it and you go, boy, we really are. Um, I'm Ryan. With me as always is Mark. I'm a Lambda Lambda Lambda. And Erica. I go by Erica Longacre now. <laughs> And we are at the end of our Forbidden World July. And there's only one way to cap off Forbidden World July. And that is to talk about 1983's Wavelength. Two weeks ago in the Mojave Desert, they were first encountered. They were taken to a top secret government installation beneath a major American city. They were kept in a state of suspended animation. And then... The experiments began. Is there more than one voice? Voices. They're more like thoughts. Wavelength. No one was supposed to hear them. It's coming from somewhere in there. Oh, God. What? Oh, God! What is it, Iris? No one was supposed to discover them. But now that someone has... They want to know what you've done with your friend. God. The world must never know. We gotta make sure those things stay down here. Take them away. Everybody out of the now. experiment or theirs that is a comprehensive trailer <laughs> it really tells you everything you need to know really it does i mean that was bravo it even throws in a little bit of uh is it us or is it them at the yeah. end which the movie sort of doesn't yeah of course we're talking about 1983's wavelength brought to you 
by Air Force Magazine, the only <laughs> magazine you'll want to read while being imprisoned in an underground military base. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Subscribe mm-hmm. today to receive the Air Force Almanac 1981, perfect for throwing against the walls of that underground base. <laughs> okay, this this one is written and directed by Mike Gray, and what is his fictional directorial debut? having worked mostly in documentaries. He's originally from Darlington, Indiana. Oh. Uh, but moved to Chicago where he helped form the production oh, company. Oh, the big city! The, <laughs> <laughs> the big city! <laughs> You're really taking off, Mike! Woo! <laughs> few hours north! He starts, <laughs> he starts the production company The Film Group, which made award-winning feature documentaries American Revolution 2 and The Murder of Fred Hampton. Ironically, The Film Group which is the, and film group is one word, it was the name that Corman used for the company that he started with his brother Gene in the 1960s prior to starting New World. But Mike Grace and his pal started the film group, three words. Mm. Um, but they mainly did stuff in Chicago. It was all a lot of Chicago-based uh, stuff. And he continued to work in documentaries, even as a cinematographer, until he co-wrote the 1979 nuclear power plant thriller The China Syndrome. Mm. which is infamous because it opened two weeks before the accident at three mile island right um and of course was about that very thing he would then help write the book the warning which is based on the three mile island disaster and then he would direct this movie Mm -hmm. and all of this so far seems to track however afterwards he co-writes the chuck norris movie code of silence Mm. co-creates that makes sense (laughs) right then he co-creates and directs a few episodes of the Starman TV show, oh. which that, does track, that, which really tracks. tracks, is a writer-producer on the Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. Also tracking. Does second unit on The Fugitive in 1993. A little bit of a stretch there. Wasn't a bit of a stretch, but it is Chicago, okay. so maybe oh, right. that's why he's there. He only and, does Chicago stuff. And then he acts in a role in 1995's Chain Reaction. Starring Keanu Reeves. Oh, I don't think I remember that one. So, wow. uh, just a wild career. Um, yeah. And then he I... goes back to documentaries and he writes more novels until he passes away in two, 2013. Oh. So, um, and I don't want to. I feel like I should take a moment. I'm sorry to interrupt, Ryan, but I feel like I should just take a moment, listeners. You'll often hear me poke fun at Indiana, which I feel entitled to do because I grew up there. Sure. But I just want to be fair to Darlington. Just did some quick real-time research. It looks like they do have a covered bridge. Oh, They do have a Dollar General. And they do have a conservation club. So I'm sorry, because I I thought it was some podunk town, and I was wrong. I was wrong. Right. So apologies, Darlington, Indiana. Once you get a Dollar General, you made it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. and a, the covered as, bridge for Christ's sake. As a sakes. town, you've made it. You know, if you get a Dollar General. I mean, look at that thing. Yeah, that is That's nice. Covered. That is nice. That is covered. That's the bridges of Madison it, County. It kind got four point three stars. It has it has reviews. That's right. I'm sorry, Janelle Johnson, local guide, posted two years ago <laughs> that you can't walk or drive across the bridge. It's in poor shape. Oh, okay, but oh. still a covered bridge to but, see. But still, is that because? Is that because the monsters got it from In the Mouth of Madness, and now you're not? You can't you can't drive on it anymore. That's Is right. that what happens? That's right. Just, oh. ch- just checking. Oh. I love that someone four years ago, before before uh, 
Janelle was able to put her review. Someone put, this covered bridge is also used for public access point for canoes. The area is not well maintained and has a steep decline. One star. <laughs> mm. are, they, are they talking about Get him, Donna. Steep- Get him! Is, is that a steep incline or is it in steep decline? I'm not sure. No, it's a steep it decline to get into the water, oh, which of yeah. course it is. Yeah, because right, it's a bridge. A bridge over a body of water. But you know what? You don't have to take my word for it. Go to Darlington and see it for yourself. That's right. You be the judge. Go to Darlington, Indiana and make sure you yelp it. That's right. Yelp that bridge. <laughs> Uh, getting back to Wavelength, this is, interestingly, producer James Rosenfield, he told uh, Moria Reviews that Gray actually wrote the script for Wavelength before Close Encounters of the Third Kind and shot it prior to E.T., but the schedule for the special effects kept them from putting out the film until a year after E.T., which I would also say probably has to do with the fact that they didn't have a distributor to -hmm. put out the film until a year after E.T., but apparently the special effects also kept them behind it which also leads me to say why <laughs> because yeah. this isn't a special effects heavy movie and what is there we'll get to but anyway um i can tell you that mike menzel did the special effects and this is one of his earliest credits before moving on to top gun the untouchables prancer blind fury and new worlds meet the apple gates oh prancer mm. We also get, yeah, I know, I knew I love, that's why I mentioned it. I know, I love that movie. Yeah, Eric, that's one of Erica's favorites. Uh, the DP on this is Paul Goldsmith, who also shot New World's The Killing Time, and after that, several episodes, if not all the episodes, of Max Headroom, the TV show. Oh, I loved that awesome. show. Editors that's for this, show. Mark Goldblatt, uh, New World royalty, if I may say, he's coming off of Halloween too, but he had edited piranha and humanoids from the deep and you would go on to direct dead heat and the punisher for new world robert layton this is his only new world as an, uh he's the other editor but after this he would edit this is spinal tap and the sure thing and then he would just keep working with christopher guest and rob reiner through a bunch of their movies including misery princess bride best in show and a bunch of other stuff so once you're in with them you might as well just write it out i mean yeah you yeah know. When you're like, well, I could go back to New World and shoot something, or I yeah, guess I'll stick right. around with you guys. Yeah, for a yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You gotta... eh, maybe I'll stick around and see what you guys are, <laughs> you guys come up with. Yeah, right. The Princess Bride was fun, but I wonder, like, what's going on but in I New wonder, World? But I just got a script for Certain Fury, and <laughs> it's sure, it's sure, it sure is harsh. Some harsh language. <laughs> um. This movie, of course, stars Robert Carradine from New World's Cannonball! Cannonball! (laughs) And also Jackson County Jail. And right before this, he appeared in New World's Tag, The Assassination Game. And right after this, he stars in Revenge of the Nerds. And eventually, Mm. 1988's Buy and Sell, which was released by, you guessed it, New World Video! Oh, boy. I've said it before. We've got so much Robert Carradine left. Oh, boy. We're not done. So much. He's had a long career that's still ongoing, but can anyone of you guess how old he is at this point? I mean, he's ageless. He's a Like today. So you're saying today. (laughs) As of today. As of now. Not in this film, but Um, as of now. 57. No. Erica. (laughs) 67? 
super close. He's 68. Oh, nice. So, wow. Very Look close. Look at that. Wow. Uh, this also stars Cherie Curie, who before this had appeared in the 1980 Jodie Foster Scott Bayo coming of age drama Foxes. Oh, I bet. read an interview in the OC Weekly, and apparently she auditioned for Rock and Roll High School and Foxes, got the part in Rock and Roll High School, but chose to do Foxes instead. Hmm. I'm not sure which part, but so a little bit of New World facts there. And she also had started 1982 science fiction horror film Parasite for Empire Pictures and Charles hmm. Band which is often cited as the debut of Demi Moore, but she's more well-known as being the lead singer of The Runaways. Yeah. And then she appears in Twilight Zone, the movie, and makes some TV appearances. Eventually, she shows up in the 1991 romantic drama Rich Girl around the time that she married Robert Hayes, who, by the way, played the lead in the Starman TV show. It all comes back for a it full circle. It all comes together. It all comes back. It all comes together. Apparently, he was in Starman and she was in Starboys. Yep. 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 Star triplets. Oh god. Actually, there was four. So let's let's. There was four of them at one point in time. Sheree did not pursue more acting roles because of her drug and alcohol addictions. Oh. Uh, yeah, apparently she was up for the lead in Savage Streets, but she couldn't make it to the meeting. So <laughs> Linda Blair, it is, um, on that one. So yeah, she, she, she's on, the, she's uh, now recovered and everything, but oh, at that point good. in time, like it was, uh, it, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, so she, but she would have done probably a lot more and pretty good in this. I think she could have yeah, done no, I thought, oh, Yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's this. pretty good in this. Uh, pretty solid. Here's where you can watch Wavelength if you're interested. It is on YouTube. And it's also on Roku, which looks mm-hmm. like a slightly better copy, but yeah. only slightly so. Though, the Roku one also has more boom mic shots. So I have to give it a little credit for that. I don't know that that's possible. Oh, that's so terrific. I, don't know so there's, that. I mean, there's more. that's the better choice, obviously. Yeah, that's the better choice. <laughs> but now, before we go any further, we got to talk about what this movie is about. So, Mark, let's start with you. What is Wavelength about? Sometimes aliens from whatever far-off galaxy come to earth just for vacation (laughs) yeah that's right that they're not they're not here to like learn anything or to like destroy anyone or to steal all your water they're just they're just sightseers just Mm -hmm. checking shit out yeah yeah so yeah you know don't touch them right they're cool they're not here they're not here however to solve you know the mysteries of humanity like alien private eye as we mentioned well there's different aliens for different responsibilities ryan there's some that this quad just happened to be on vacay right maybe their private eye is back in their home planet but not you know not here here. private eye he was also on vacation and decided he was on vacation private eye but he decided to become a private eye to meet people As we discussed in a previous bonus episode, but these <laughs> these these three, not the case, not the case. No. Purely on vacation, just here to just, see stuff, and just here to party. You know, and hang there's out. a lot to see in Bullhead City, a lot, a so lot, tons. You want to take your yeah. time. They really got to see it all. Uh, Erica, it. what what is this movie about? I think the biggest takeaway from me was know your neighbors. You know, don't just assume through hearsay or neighbor gossip. That, you know, the abandoned government building that hasn't been, you know, occupied for 15 years. Don't assume that that's accurate and just go about your day. 
playing guitar and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cutting out on your dog. Yep. No, dig in. Dig know your in. neighbors, you know, be a good neighbor. Learn about your neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when your super hot girlfriend is like, do you hear that? I hear voices. Take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. take it seriously. Especially don't... when, you know, you got a super hot girlfriend and you're just like an unemployed musician. Right. That owes $35,000 to a studio. 3500 I thought. I, I thought it was 35000 I yeah. said that it was thirty-two hundred. Right. I think it's thirty-five thousand. Also, okay, fair enough. All right, we got to. It fact was check a lot. One. We got to fact check it. But really quick, did you know that Bullhead City is Arizona's west coast? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. We do now, I, but I, you know, something to think about. Something, something to think yeah. About. I mean, the more you know, you, you gotta know, change you, it. You, you gotta know, change it. <laughs> you know who did know? Three aliens from some. I know other who were just Technic- trying to chill technically out. Technically four. Technically. And four. you know what? Tec- you're most yeah. you're most vulnerable to get kidnapped when you're most relaxed. So they were just chilling out, mm-hmm. having a great time, and then got snatched up. You got snatched. It's bullshit. It's upsetting. Well, just to round this out for me, um, this movie is actually a long form narrative video for film for Tangerine Dreams album wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. I want you That's to make fair. the pop-up video yeah. using this. It's film. just a feature film, like you know, video, just pop-up a long video. video. Don't take a walk, a long walk down a steep hill with heels. Not safe. Not pop-up safe. Video. <laughs> Let's see what Letterbox has to say about wavelength. We're on Letterbox. Please give us a follow there if you can. Actually, fairly accurate. Two young lovers learn that a small group of childlike space aliens are marooned on Earth and are being held prisoner at a top-secret military facility. Mm-hmm. The couple I mean, located in a public neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. Lo- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Located nearby. Yeah. They found out because it just happened to be very close yeah. by. Yeah, visible from his back porch. Yeah. Uh, the couple then decide to liberate the extraterrestrial castaways. That's one way of looking at it. I would say they use them to escape the facility Correct. they were about to be buried Correct. in. Correct. But, you know, call it whatever you like. Uh, liberate the extraterrestrial castaways and help them make a rendezvous with a rescue ship sent from the alien home planet. That last part is, I guess, the end? I'm not sure that that's as clear, but sure. Mm-hmm. Well, they go out to Bullhead City or and they hang out for a night. I don't know that it's clear to the humans what exactly they're doing out there. No, right, yeah. right. They're they're just like, I guess this is what we're doing. They just and... said goodbye, and yeah. The first thing that I'll, that I want to say about wavelength is, <laughs> guys, focus, focus more. You you'll know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> You just need tremendous concentration. All I'm hearing is that you've already said a lot of things about it. Was that what? Is that what you wanted me to pick up? Yep. Um, let's let's start with the credit sequence. What are we? Why the did you? Sequence? Why did you have to tell me your whole life history? I know your name, Ryan. I just just an info dump with just one thought. <laughs> a dome dump. Badoom ba dome dump. Badoom ba dome dump. Change it slightly. This 
already this episode should uh <laughs> if you're listening to this you should know what movie you're getting into when you yeah, watch yeah. Wavelength. Well, because, get on and get on our wavelength yeah get on our wavelength get on, on it yeah dial dial in the credit sequences i mentioned before f it, isn't an f yes well black screen with white names it's f. black but for a bit and then it kind of then you were you were like oh look because then it shows the the neighborhood yeah, that's true. That Robert Carradine D-plus. is living in. Deep yep. Laurel Canyon. Right. Uh, the Laurel Canyon. I do love to see old v- footage of Los Angeles. It is neat. Yeah. To see how it looks. And you get a little bit of the aliens. Uh, yeah. Which Erica said, oh, look, steaming some aliens. Which is, <laughs> Giving them a steam. Write that in. Give them a little steam. <laughs> we love steaming around here. Mm-hmm. So Robert Carradine, who is who we meet at first, and he's a musician. Is it overkill for him to wear a Fender shirt? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It's like wearing the band T-shirt to the. To I mean, the concert, do you do you, you know? just is the next step just to wear a shirt that says musician? <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I was thought I was on your wavelength, and I thought you were going to say, "Is the next step to just wear a guitar?" <laughs> That too. that too just a guitar and shoes <laughs> but What's also the- he's heading he he's throwing his guitar in, into his car yeah. which is a convertible that he's just thrown a tarp over because this right. is back in the days when laurel canyon was like super shitty and anyone could live over there right exactly yeah. evidently yeah but then there's this dog that i don't know i don't think it's his that he's it is it's in, in his, it's in his, his dog yeah but then he leaves it because it didn't yeah. want to right. get in the car. Is it yeah. get in the car? You oh, just no. leave yeah. your dog on the side of the yeah. road and be like, well, you're on your own. Deal with I, it. It is It is a weird moment until you watch more of the movie and realizes he leaves this dog several times. Yeah. He'll leave the dog anywhere. <laughs> like, he anywhere. leaves them to go down into the underground facility. He leaves the dog at the end of the movie. Once they pop out of the facility and they get out, Dog is gone. We don't even think about dog again. That dog <laughs> yeah, is history. That's true. Poor Kevin the dog or whatever is. I think his name was Kevin. So um, then he goes. He goes to the studio, where he is recording a a, 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 a folk song on an acoustic yeah. guitar. Yep. He's the a, worst song. Let's just it's put a it out there. He's it's recording the worst song. song. The worst not song. a great song. But we can see why a, he's uh, not making a lot of money. It is in a gigantic recording Huge. studio. Yeah. So big. Yeah. I was like, like even Tracy Chapman would be like, damn, dog, that is a huge, huge studio for what you're recording. <laughs> that that is sounds like Tracy Chapman. <laughs> that sounds like the Tracy Chapman I know. Yep. <laughs> so so judgy I think that's how the, that's how the lyrics go, right? Damn, dude, you've got a fast car. Isn't that how it goes? Wow. <laughs> Uh, that was the first cut. That was the demo. That's the, the demo. okay. The, that's the demo. Oh, they, just, they said maybe don't get so don't overreact to the fast car <laughs> on this one, Tracy. But she was like, Damn, she's like, dude. well, you won't let me sing about big studios. The only other thing I know is fast cars. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Damn, fast car. <laughs> I mean, you know, when it's really fast, you got to react like that. Oh. Um. Yeah, and, and, and we we talk about the money, but I also love that like when he's asked about this money. By the way, this scene in the the studio, which we're spending time on, which 
is a red herring amongst other red herrings because we will never get back to his career. Yeah. But that he's like, we, you owe us money. And he's like, I'm going to pay you back and pay you back. And he's like, yeah, you give me that money and you'll get this stuff. And then he smashes the guitar. So he goes from like, hey, man, I'm going to pay you back. And I'm going to pay everyone back to smashing a guitar that is like zeros to 60. Yeah. So was that guitar a Fender? Because it looked like a mm. no label guitar because it didn't have anything. Didn't well, have it any did smash on. real easily. Smash real, real easily. easily. So yeah. I thought, eh, eh, probably not. Also, and you never see that passion or rage from him ever no. again. The only, yep, that's it. <laughs> never again. That's yep. the one t- you think like, ooh, this guy's got a bit of a temper. Oh, yeah. Nope. That whole scene nope. is not needed, but it's there because you got to feel the 77 minutes of running time or however long this is. It's it's not long. So they were like, let's cut that is scene. It? We don't need it. It's, it's I thought it was an at least an hour and a half, <laughs> at least two and a half hours. I thought this yeah, movie was Yeah, it's one of those short ones that feels long. <laughs> yeah. It is not long. It is not a very long one. Um So then he goes to a bar and right. you know, when you've had a real shit day and mm-hmm. you've just smashed a guitar, yeah. you want to take the edge off, just order a light beer. <laughs> I actually thought he was just talking to the bartender because he's like, bud. And I was like, oh. And then he ends up beer and I was like, <laughs> and I like laughed because I'm like, oh, this isn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> right. Also, yeah. it's like, he's like buying lots of things for a guy that owes a studio a ton of money. Yeah. I think all we learned from him is he's just bad with money. Yeah, he's very bad with money. And this is when we start getting the voiceover, which comes in and precedes, actually, Cherie Curie even showing oh, up yeah. on screen. And so I have to ask, who is she talking to? I don't know. Viewers? Uh, uh, I, her ex-boyfriend? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know either. Because I feel like this was a, this feels to me like a, like a post filming insertion, sort of like a, a Blade Runner voiceover insertion, yeah. if you will. Yeah, the, the test audience was so fucking confused. What's happening? <laughs> and yet, and yet they needed, to, they're like, we'll get some voiceover and clear everything up. It clears up almost nothing. And I feel like they needed, they felt like they needed voiceover at the end of the movie because the end of the movie kind of, leaves on such a dry note mm-hmm. no pun intended for bullhead city but it's such a dry note that, that they're like well let's put it in the beginning too and it literally clears up only one thing which is the fact that they start dating and apparently they they spent a week in mexico he was an artist all right we spent a week in mexico proving the point so that it doesn't feel like boy they've really hooked up and had a real adventure for day two of their relationship. That's all it seems to do. That's the only thing it clean, seems to clear up. Otherwise, the the voiceover is not really that necessary. Oh yeah, well, I didn't even take, get that from it. I thought they would just were like had a connection and just. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I that would have been. Whole... I think that would have been perfectly fine. Yeah. But I feel like they were like, boy, ugh, that's they're really uh, they're they, they, we got to explain how they got got on this quickly. Oh, they spent a week in Mexico, guys. But I'm like, well, they I, even I establish they, they established in the beginning in her voiceover. She's talking about how she has a, a, a special ability to identify uh, people who, you know, are kind of down on their luck or kind of they've got a they, they've their right, life isn't right. going their way. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I was just like, you know, from personal experience, 
that ain't that's not that's not hard. That's not that's not a superpower. Like pretty right. much all of us can do that uh, pretty easily too. So I mean, I know for myself, I attract I attract Ted past tense a lot of those people in my life right uh but i would never go around bragging that that was some kind of superpower that i had (laughs) but again they're trying to justify why she is hooking up with david carradine a guy who has to pop the clutch on his fiat to get it to start (laughs) and they (laughs) (laughs) and he just smashed the only instrument he cares about. Right. 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 Now you got to go buy another guitar, dude, with money you apparently don't have. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that she's like, oh, I just, God, I attract them all. A bunch of dummy heads. I'm like, <laughs> in a relationship that seems to be successful, even by the end of the film. So apparently, you know, uh, I guess that's really more of a burden on you than it is on David Carradine. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Certainly. But they have to, so they have to make sense of that. Then they take a trip to Mexico that we never see. Never see it. And then they're hanging out. And pretty quickly, sometime we assume, I guess, while they were in Mexico, the the aliens came down and that's how they missed all of this. I think they've already been there because we hear these sounds, the sort of whale-esque sounds, courtesy of Tangerine Dream, in the very opening moments. And it wakes up his dog. they do get back from mexico they drive down the road and they meet their neighbor or at least bobby's neighbor uh robert carradine's neighbor dan played by keenan Wynn from black moon rising mm-hmm. yeah yeah who bobby really wants to talk to because as soon as he sees him he pulls the car over to the side of the road with his dog and his girlfriend in it and he gets out and starts walking down the road with him I'm like, yeah. <laughs> again very quick to abandon that dog now also quick to abandon new girlfriend. Like, hey, oh, I got to talk to this guy. Uh, see ya. Yeah. I have to imagine the reason for, there's a reason for that. And um, here's my theory. Dan is never in one place. He's roaming the yeah, Laurel Canyon Hills yeah. at all times. So when Once you, you see, see him, Dan, you got to stop and chat uh... with him because you don't know where you're going to locate him again. Because yeah. they run into him at completely random times, day and night. He's just there. And mm. one point they pull up and he gets out of the car and yells, Dan. And Dan's like, I'm here. Yeah. Like, oh, he's just roaming around in the middle of the night. I would say, though, having watched this movie, I would say you got a 50-50 shot of finding him at the entrance to the military base because... <laughs> He hangs around that spot a lot. That seems well, to be his spot. He built it. So yeah. he's got a lot yeah. of pride. Yeah. Pride of ownership. I mean, That's he doesn't really own it, but pride of ownership. No, but, he, but, he, but he built it. Pride yeah. of built, built-ership. So, By the way, that old... And also, he can hear the aliens as well, he right? He can. A fact that they introduce at some point, because she says, how long have you been hearing them? And he says, two weeks. A point that they never get back to. Right. That he should be able to hear them as well, but we never, we never get back to that. That's just a fact that comes up, and that's that. Yeah. And I have to think that again. they didn't, they didn't really know what the bad, what, what, sorry, what the aliens were going to sound like, 
because it's obviously whale song. Right. But right. when Iris says she hears them, she says she hears bats. It sounds like bats. Hmm. And I'm like, this is not what they sound like. Those are bats. Definitely not whales. Nope. <laughs> Just. So I have to think they were like, ah, oh, shit. What we actually got for a sound was whale song. Should we go back and cut that? Nah, no one's going to pay attention. Nobody. Wow. Also, there's a boom mic hanging out in the scene, so yeah. don't worry about it. They'll be distracted by the boom yeah. mic. Right. They're, no one's paying attention to things people are saying in this movie. That's even hilarious. Though they're, they're, even though they're heavily mic'd. The mic is close at the all times. The mic is very close. <laughs> they did not. It's always like. Yeah. Right over their heads. <laughs> Just right there. Right above well, their heads at all times. In Laurel Canyon and you got to get that mic close so you don't get too much sounds of everything else. Of course. By the way, that's yeah. where the old air base is located in the Laurel Canyon section of Los Angeles. is actually Lookout Mountain Air Force Station, which when established in 1947, had his purpose kept secret, just like Keenan Wynn says in the film. Hmm, but apparently, uh, all it produced, apparently, uh, was motion pictures and still photographs for the United States Department of Defense. Okay. And now uh, is the home of actor Jared Leto, who <gasps> purchased it in 2015. Really? So, yeah, wow. it was. So, it is Morbin time up on that airbase at this point. <laughs> It is the home of Jared Leto. It, it he bought it in 2015 for five million dollars. Wow, that's so, probably it's got to be worth three times as much now. I oh yeah, right now yeah for oh, sure yeah. right now uh, in the year in the year 2022 absolutely. But when we do when we do introduce this facility and they go into it and we find out Iris. Not only she's really starting to communicate with him, I'm kind of in on this movie at this point. Yeah. I'm in on it just because something's finally happening. Yeah. I'm like, great. Yeah. Remember early on, I was like, what is this movie about? Like, after he smashes a guitar and meets her, I'm like, what's even happening? Yeah. Is this just going right. to be a story about, like, lovers? So I was glad that something happened. And the answer is yes. It is a story of lovers. And also... Uh, these aliens in the air in the base, but they, they when they go around, the only thing that's tough is that the YouTube and even the Roku version very blurry. It's it's hard yeah, it's really to distinguish hard to what's happening. Yeah. The darker it gets, um, but like, having them having them sneak into the base and just kind of like you know going into these different tunnels and all that, I. I'm with you, Ryan. This part, I was actually like, okay, I'm in. Let's discover what's down here and let's see yeah. what's going on, which is always fun. And it reminded me of a time that my buddy Andy and I, when I, when we were kids, we went down into the canyon behind his house mm. and there was like a storm drain. And it was one of those big storm drains that, I mean, you could walk into um, and you know, we're kids without so. having to crouch over your, yeah, I, I don't remember having to crouch over too much if I did at all, but we thought, I wonder how far this goes. Uh. So we grabbed some flashlights, uh, and then we started walking into the storm drain, 
and we got really far in there to where like the we could barely see the light of where we Ew. had started walking into the storm drain and i finally was like um and then you heard the sound of bats no we didn't hear the sound of we we didn't and then you felt like we, you were getting sliced so you started to scream no we heard the sound of whales and <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we finally w- realized we're probably getting pretty too deep in here, and we didn't know where we were going to be heading to. So we ended up going back to the house. But I, and, and honestly, nothing could have prepared me for what happened when we got back to the house. Andy's mom like freaked the fuck out because we were covered in storm sewer water <laughs> and, and were completely disgusting and smelled like shit. Yeah, and. Ew. She immediately made us take off all of her clothes and she had to wash them like immediately because we were so disgusting. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know that's what? what this movie reminded me of. That pink eye was worth it though, right? <laughs> it was. <laughs> it, it was absolutely worth worth every inch. Yeah, they they go through these tunnels for so long that I, that's where I really started thinking, this is just about the soundtrack, right? Because... They go along for so long, and, and it's only because you can't see them. I'm pr- you probably, if you could see it better, maybe it would, I wouldn't have this thought. But because you can barely see what's happening, you're just listening to the score, and you're like, great score, man. Mm-hmm. God damn. It Danger is a great dream. Score. They really can't write a score. But they eventually do get caught, and at that point, the movie shifts a bit away from our main characters to some of my favorite characters in all of yeah. movies. <laughs> well, they get and caught that is, because Iris is screaming her head off. She does She's scream, yeah. She's screaming. Yes. I kind of love that. Like, I love their little, like, investigation gone wrong. For sure. Because she's just screaming at the top of her lungs. And they're like, at first, I love at first that they're like, huh, odd. Just a woman screaming. <laughs> right. Oh, well, back to work. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, still screaming let's send some some troops to investigate and that's and the filmmakers thought yeah that is odd so let's move away from them yeah and move away to some of my favorite movie characters nameless bureaucrats (laughs) (laughs) there can't be enough enough of them and there's plenty in here we get some military guys we get I guess advisors to the military. Mm-hmm. They're all talking about the situation we're in. We've got one character. There's only one character that really sticks out, and that's Doctor Cottrell, who's the bearded guy in the toupee, who was operating on Alpha early on, and then insists, "Let's find out what Iris knows," and then, and then he dies all of a sudden. Yeah. You know? So that's about the only guy that I remember, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone else is like, I don't know. They're all the same. They're interchangeable. Colonel McGruber, you missed, you you don't remember him? <laughs> I didn't hear that name. I wish I had heard McGruber. <laughs> it's McGruder, actually. But oh, McGru- okay. uh, I thought you'd pick okay. up on that joke. Okay. But no, I, I love that too, because when the doctor, the doctor becomes sick, and so they pull him in, uh, like to try, they pull him away from everybody to try to take care of him and, you know, when someone's sick, what this movie teaches you is pull them into the closest public restroom, get mm-hmm. them nestled right under the urinals, and do right. slow and steady chest compression. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> That's how you'll save a person's That's life. That's how you do it. That's how you oh. do it. 
But you had to be very, but they had to be very like, oh, like do chest compressions, but watch out for his toupee. Like be very careful. <laughs> be very careful. Very when careful. you put the oxygen mask on, don't put the band around his head, just over the mouth. When you are a high level military scientist working in an underground base, you still got to make sure that hair looks good. That's right. That's right. You cannot <laughs> let people know you are bald. By the way, that is played, Cottrell is played by Eric Morris, who was in Battle Beyond the Stars. And only really had much more of a career like in the 60s, 70s in TV, only did a handful of films, a couple of them for New World. And he is a renowned acting teacher in Los Angeles, still today in his 90s. Wow. Wow. So shout out to Good Eric Morris yeah. um, and his too many toupees. The military then decides that we got a real clusterfuck in our hands, so let's bury these aliens and Bobby and Iris in this compound, which I also kind of loved. I love the, like, fuck it. You know what? Just bury this shit. Let's just... We'll say we found six, and we'll be done. Right. Yeah. Fine. Right. Yeah. And, but then, like, but then they, but then they get out. Like, I, I love also, too, that they say, let's bury them. So Robert Carradine's first thought is, like, well, fuck, let's get these aliens out, which is also, like, awesome, because it probably would do the same thing. Like, what's the one thing? Well, we're trapped in this room, so let's see what the aliens can do. And the aliens get them out easily, and they get out of this compound fairly easily, too. In fact, they get out the same way they came in, which I was like, didn't they seal that entrance off? I, I They shut a lot of doors, <laughs> but not <laughs> that one. Right. right. Yeah. Did you close the door? <laughs> yep, we closed that door off. Did you There's lock good... the door? Oh, <laughs> dang it! You only dang it. To shut the door. There is a good ten minutes of door shutting in this movie. You know what? I didn't lock it because I didn't have a key. But there is a lock on the back of the knob. You just have to turn it. Oh, uh... damn it! Damn it! It also cracked me up that they're like they went from like full full speed research like all in we're researching these aliens to like just bury it mm -hmm. bury it underground like there wasn't a like nope there's no middle ground send, there's you no know, middle ground maybe I'm thinking of Resident Evil too much of like send fire through all of it or right. burn them burn them or because you don't know what they are right it was just nope bury it underground bury it underground bury it bury it well there is a pivotal scene having watched it again today there's a pivotal scene after the Dr. Cottrell dies that another guy that shows up that you don't, I, I don't know if he's been there before, but he mm -hmm. shows up and he starts telling two other guys that are military guys. Again, they're all interchangeable. My right. favorite mm -hmm. characters, you nameless bureaucrats. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, and uh, he's just like, yeah, all the guys that did the experiments on Alpha, all of those guys died. So Cottrell was just the right. last one to die. So, they're basically burying because they're like, I don't. We don't know what the fuck we're dealing with. Yeah. Everybody is, who touches these things die. Yeah, fuck kill this. all we're these just, people. We're gonna, so just bury them. We're gonna bury them and bury the two people that know anything yeah. about them, um, the two civilians, and we're just gonna get the fuck out. Terrible. Just gonna, yeah. Terrible idea. This is right around the time that that one of those nameless, faceless bureaucrats uh, forgets, like, didn't doesn't check his uh, analog email. And it's a half hour late <laughs> yes. because I yes. was actually I was actually charmed by the fact that <clears throat> I remember delivering those uh, you know memos in those memo envelopes. Mm -hmm. So one of the bureaucrats opens it up. He's like, "Jesus, this was from a half hour ago. What have you been doing?" And I thought, "Some things never change." Oh, I get yeah. plenty of people like 
I sent you that email a half hour ago. What have you been doing? I'm like, oh, me? I'm also a faceless, nameless bureaucrat. Oh, dude, that's the duty officer and the most relatable character, I thought, in the entire film. <laughs> who's sitting there like, hey, I'm listening to the Dodger game. He's like, really? Shouldn't you be working? He's like, oh, right, sorry. And then he's like, oh, here's that email. This was sent half an hour ago. Gah, the Dodger game was really exciting. That was like, this is the most relatable person in this whole film. A guy who's just not great at what he's not great at what he's doing, mm -hmm. listening listening to something else other than doing work. I was like, I'm this guy. If there's anyone I'm in in this film, I'm this dude <laughs> doing my job and also something for me. Also, not doing my job well. Like this guy is terrific. Yeah, but not an email. Just to be clear, everybody. Yeah, right. It's a piece yeah. of paper. It is a in memo. The it is a memo. It's an yeah. internal yeah. memo. It, it was it's yeah. something that he printed out, put it in an envelope, and supposed to hand somebody, and that was like, uh, it's a really hot second inning. I got to stick around. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bases are loaded. I can't leave now. I yeah. can't. I can't Bye go now. deliver this. With all these military people, they couldn't find a role for Dabney Coleman to jump in. I mean, I really? Oh, my God. No, because you know what? He would be too recognizable. And we'd be like, oh, oh I know who time. that is. Yeah. They're like, no, we have to make everyone saney. We have to make everyone. Uh, they're all yeah. like just white, pasty white dudes. They all look generally the same. We only got one guy that stands out because of his beard and toupee. And everyone else looks yeah. the same. Um, also, those alarm sounds that go off. I pointed this out in our Black Moon Rising uh, uh, episode, but aren't those the alarm sounds from the thing? Okay, you guys, let's get the hell out of here. They are. I, I, I'm starting to think that they're a universal yeah. alarm sound. This is clearly just a sound that all editors have. They just had right. this around, and they were just like, plug in the alarm sound, here we go, there's an yeah, alarm happening. It. All roads. All roads. All roads oh. lead back to the thing. Uh, so they they get the kids and get them out. Eventually, the aliens, get in, the, alien. not, the, the, the aliens. alien, the alien triplets. Yeah, they smash <laughs> right. just I guess the thinnest glass from these tanks. They're in these metal tanks with glass on the outside, mm -hmm. and you can get I them guess, out with a broom handle. Yeah, and just thin glass that thin they probably glass. could have punched through if they had any. Which they yeah. certainly could have, but yeah. they were too frozen, I guess. And they get their power from the sun. So mm -hmm. I love that explanation too, where he's like, if they were like, get their power from the sun, how were they able to stay in those chambers? They're like, well, they just pulled their power from everywhere. Yeah, but so there's no everyone. sun from everyone. So yeah. there's just what, sun residue that lives on us that aliens can feed off of? Is that what happens after we go outside? Hmm. It's a mm. good thought. Huh. Like, so what does that mean? Suns, if you wear a lot of sunscreen, you're useless to them, right? Right. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what does you? What does that mean? What yeah. does that mean? What does that mean that you you still the power is from the sun, though, right? Still, like that doesn't change from being underground. It was like, like they felt like they had to bring it up because they were in an underground base, and then they were like, "What's the explanation?" I don't know. They're just get they're yeah, just but I mean, this, everyone like this. All right, this movie. The aliens, like, with the exception of them wearing a bald cap, there's nothing extraordinary about these aliens at all. Right. And they're naked. Yeah, but, I mean, that, that doesn't require anything. It's no, just, no, I mean, but the, just, size, but the size of their dicks, Mark. Just, <laughs> just enormous. Enormous, enormous dongs. Enormous just dicks. Huge dongs. 
You don't which see ironically, it. their sex organs it, but... are their mouths, but uh, right, right, which they they do explain, right. Um, but yeah, because they eat with they eat with their dongs. So no. what? Maybe they're not even naked on their planet, right? You know? Right. Maybe. Well, we're the prudes down here. That's what they said. Speaking of nudity, is like there there was is there a titty count on this? No, who knows? It's too blurry. I couldn't really tell. There's a buns count. There is a buns count. There's buns. Yeah, there are buns. And I, I think Iris gets out of bed naked. Yep, in, right. In but like I, the beginning, I, it's yeah. so dark. But I couldn't. I was I, like, it. I feel like she's got no clothes on, but yeah. hard I mean, to I tell. jerked off to it anyway. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you oh, go with no. what's available. Oh, you know, no. like you just have to go with what's oh, available. God. It was a slow day. So. <laughs> uh, oh, no. So they get oh. out to the desert, and uh, mm. that's. But before the military attack, they, they orbit. They get an orb. Yes. A big giant orb. Yeah. Good luck with those with that orb, you military jets. You mm-hmm. can't you can't beat an orb. Yeah. Oh man, the big orb. And they're arguing about we've gotta like just fire something at them. Because right. Right. if we don't fire anything, then everyone's gonna yell at us. Oh and then dude. they and then they don't shoot at it. So. Well, because the orb moves. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm not gonna lie. Just spoiler. That's this is my favorite scene because it is just <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, spoiler. They're like, so just boring. fire. So we have to fire something at her. Our asses are gonna get chewed. And then they start. Then it starts moving upwards, and they're like, "But well, now I can't. <laughs> it's a movable object. Yeah. It's slowly moving upwards. I can't shoot anything now to this giant two mile circumference orb. I mean, that's just impossible. Can't hit that target." <laughs> unbelievable and just silly and then the narration comes back again who are you talking to yeah. who are you th- isn't their safety dependent on them shutting the fuck up about everything that's just happened who are you telling about this entire thing maybe, she's just talking on the phone just gabbing to a friend like you know what? shut up maybe she's back in that bar right like right. telling the story right. to literally yeah. anyone to who will some listen. other broken asshole yeah. that she just somehow yeah. attracted just literally anybody within you know hearing distance yeah. well these this is all great points so i think naturally you know ride my wavelength here it just sends us to things we and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we love and the things we hated about Wavelength. Mark, what's something you loved? I loved that there is a scene where they are driving through Hollywood and the the Star Boys are watching, looking at billboards. They go past Tower Records. And then they go past a movie theater where there is legitimately a line waiting to get into Exorcist 2, The Heretic? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> now, now we got a sci-fi movie. Yeah. that yeah. doesn't, that did that, not happen. That, so, does not, that didn't happen on this earth. <laughs> right. So I was like, those aliens, universe. those aliens made people see Exorcist 2. Wow, they have some superpowers. So oh. that's the scene I loved. <laughs> On an alternate Earth, they're like, you like one and three? Oh, 
weird. You're weird. <laughs> Number two is the best. We all think it. All of us think it. Here's here here's my ultimate thoughts about it. Got it. Got, got it. it. Did you get it? Got, got, it. got it. Yeah. Right. Got it. Am I right? Am I right yeah. or am I right? You're, You're right. right. The de- the demon was named Pazuzu. <laughs> You're right. Pazuzu. Erica, what's something that you uh, loved? We already touched on it a little bit. I loved the music. The score is just terrific. <clears throat> I really thought that this movie was just going to be about music. <laughs> when it started, I was like, okay, you know, soundtrack score by Tangerine Dream. This guy's a musician. Okay. So I really actually loved, because I had no idea. I, I had... I love the insertion of like, this is actually an alien movie. I thought that was just such a nice treat for me. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched it. It's about aliens. (laughs) I think we've touched on it. We've touched on it. Oh, did we? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's spoiled. I think that has been spoiled. Oh, okay. Okay. But I agree. I love the score. Uh, I have a clip of it. yeah so soundtrack just on point so good mm-hmm. and then afterwards after watching it i did check out the movie poster and the movie poster's great same with me the movie yeah, poster great. it is great yeah, really that's something i love the movie poster is oh, so good it's so good if you're a fan of los angeles or if you're not it's great to see that old footage of it i love any kind of old footage where you know before it becomes overdeveloped and over you know it's just it's so fun i think it must have been such a different at the at the risk of selling very Californian right now. Like such a different vibe to live in mm-hmm. those canyons then than it well, is now. Yeah, Mark's right because I, when I'm thinking of when I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking I'm seeing this out of work musician mm-hmm. live in Laurel Canyon, I'm like, how the hell is he living? Oh, it's the '80s. It's totally different, yeah, and people totally could live there at that time. Yeah. Now you couldn't. We, <laughs> We're not living in that neighborhood. Oh, yeah. There's no Forget way. It. I mean, You're those not homes are millions of dollars. Jared Leto bought this old Air Force base for $5 million. Yeah. That's something he was just looking out his window at. So that just goes yeah. to show you. Yeah. You're not getting in that neighborhood, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if, it, 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 now. But at the time, a different LA. Right. Right. <clears throat> Uh, you're, I, I'm the same thing. I love the score and I love that poster. Fantastic stuff. Uh, actually, I know I'll mention it again. Cherie Curie, I think she's really good in the film. Agreed. She's really good. And I think you know, um, you know, I I, I, I like um, Carradine. You know, I like Robert Carradine. Fine. I don't think this is the best movie of his, but I think he's good in this too. But I think actually Cherie kind of really surprised me because she's you know just doesn't yeah. have a ton uh, of experience and. I think this is fine for Robert, but I think he's got better movies in this, but he's fine in this. He's totally mm-hmm. acceptable. He kind of starts out with a lot and they don't give him much. Once yeah, they get in prison, yeah, right. he's kind of just on his own. You know, he doesn't get He's to... just asking questions, basically, because yeah. she's the one that communicates with them. Yeah. So he's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot to, to do at that point. Yeah. Let's switch to things we hated. Mark, what's something you hated? 
Um, there is a scene with uh, with Robert Carradine that he is she she's being taken away and she starts screaming for him and he's in his cell mm-hmm. and he's laying on his stomach on a cot that the mm-hmm. mattress is sinking below the frame mm-hmm. and I'm thinking dude your back must be fucking killing you trying to lay on that <laughs> like that yeah. and that I hated that it really bothered me <laughs> you know what I, I, I had a final question about that which was like he sleeps in the beginning when you see him sleep. He is also sleeping in that position on his stomach, his face practically buried in the pillow. And I was like, I don't think I've slept like that since I was maybe six years old. I don't, <laughs> you know, have, have you, do you guys sleep that way at all? Have you I do not No. but also a lot of movies don't, don't explore tummy sleepers. <laughs> Tummy sleepers. They're a different breed, guys. Tummy they are sleepers. a different breed. That That's what like this movie horror proves. Movie. Horror movie. When you're a tummy sleeper, you're different. Yeah. You're a different person. You can tell an artist and you can tell a tummy sleeper. That's what this movie tells you. Right. Yeah. Also by, <laughs> by the by the fabric imprint on their cheek. <laughs> and <laughs> and also, like, she's freaking out in this military base because they're mm-hmm. locked up underground in a military base and he has snoozed out mm-hmm. <laughs> well think about it it's probably so quiet like, down this there this sucks i'm so fucking mad he was hitting guys with bats a second ago and now yeah. he's like oh getting my z's he's tuckered out i'll it's... sleep th- i'll sleep through this i'll yeah. sleep through this and then when you wake me up maybe it's all be over yeah <laughs> oh my god i'm like there's no way i'm going to sleep during any of this erica what's something you hated I think the only thing I hated was just the real loose research that was happening on these aliens. Like, if you're going to go so far as to capture them, do some fucking research. Well, they did. Like, when they're cutting them open, they have their two different sets of lungs. And they did. I mean, they were, like, finding out yeah, all well, this different shit about anatomy, them. Yeah, well, anatomy, I could have done that and cut it open and go, oh, lungs, you, you, wait, liver. I'm sorry. You could have done <laughs> yeah. that? Wait. That's you, easy stuff. You could have done that. Correct. You're saying you would do this. Yeah. <laughs> you would cut up an alien creature and look at their anatomy and know what you're looking well, at. Well, first of all, no, because I would just allow them to be on vacation. I would actually thank them for their tourism because mm-hmm. that would aid to the economy in California. <laughs> so right. I would leave them alone, first and foremost. Secondly, if I did happen to be a, a woman of science, I needed to... If you were a woman of science. <laughs> Before you just launched into, oh, yeah, anatomy. I could have done that. You didn't have to... The caveat of you being a woman of science, you were just like, this is something I do also. It just felt light. They got this whole research <laughs> facility and all they're doing is cutting them up to look at their organs. Like, why? It just felt a little light on research. Like they should have been doing way more with them? <laughs> yeah, way more. Like what? I wanted beakers. I wanted tests. I wanted microscopes. I wanted lab work. I felt like I got a more thorough diagnostic at Kaiser Permanente than they were doing underground with all these scientists and, and nameless bureaucrats. Now you sound like a Californian dropping Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> <laughs> What's the vibe in this underground lab? I'm a woman of science. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what scientists and biologists what? go by. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello, Erica Longanker. Woman of science. <laughs> What's your vibe? <laughs> What's your vibe? So your your beef is more what yeah, more 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 science. More science. I wanted more science because 
it took them hooking Iris Too up. much fiction, not enough science. Yeah, and then they're like, what are they saying? They can't figure anything out? They can't bump it up against some whale they're not, sounds they're, they're and they're some bat sounds? They're not to... listening. They can't hear it because yeah. they're not listening. I just... Remember, that's what Cherie says. That's what they're I hated. Listening. I wanted more science. I think the thing that I didn't like about this movie was that nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. if anything happens, does it matter... I mean, look, I don't hate this movie at all because what it does well, it does well. Like, I mean, there is some good scenes in it. There is some good dialogue. I do think it is kind of interesting when the military takes over. This is a guy who was a documentarian. I think he made it seem very realistic and seemed to, you know, like we're going through military protocols. So as in as much as that is of interest to you, I think it does that well. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, other than... I'm not sure if it was like we don't have enough budget for what else we wanted to do yeah. or if really all he wanted to do was like, well, if we found aliens, here's what I think the military might do. That's my story. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's right. but like <laughs> they 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 get to this. Under, the, the exciting stuff is some of the second act stuff where they're like in the base and they're trying to find them. They find the aliens and they yeah. have to escape. And then it's just like. And we'll just drive them around town and they'll kill a dude in a bathroom and then we'll put some clothes on them and then, uh, you know, <laughs> drive out to the desert and, you know, the end. Like, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> I, I mean, what is going, like, like what's happening? Um, and what's interesting is that, yeah, he ends up doing the Starman TV show and Starman kind of does exactly what I talked about, more <laughs> or less, but it's yeah. way more interesting. And, oh yeah, you know, it's way more of a fun movie. You know, anyway, that's fine. I don't want to compare the two. This is what it is, but like, I don't know. And and so maybe on that note, maybe she could have shown us a bit more. For instance, more science, more perhaps? science. Speaking of, sprinkle in some more science. Well, Cottrell, if you want to consider the science, Cottrell, we never see him sick or anything. So he does surgery in Alpha. We hear from other people talking about it. Where's Cottrell? He's not feeling well. Oh, okay, and then. Which is, you know, uh, your understanding is is contingent on remembering. Oh, also, yeah. Um, also, you need to remember who Cottrell is. Like, you may not remember. Somebody might say that yeah. name and you might be like, who? Who in the hell is Cottrell? Because I wouldn't have known until, I think, viewing two that I was like, oh, okay, God, that's that guy. But anyway, so you need you, to know you who. Thought, the, you thought they were talking about Kim Cottrell? Yeah. And you're like, she's yeah. Kim Cottrell? <laughs> Kim Cottrell? Are they just read? Is that what's in that Air Force almanac? Yeah. <laughs> Is she a woman of science? <laughs> um, no, I mean, you got to know who that person is. But once you do, then you're seeing him on the... Then by the time you see him, he's on the floor dead. And then you're like, oh, that guy. Right next to the urinal. But, like, you don't see him yeah. get sick. And you don't... And, and the reason I mention that is that that is supposed to be a setup for Robert Carradine in the back of that truck getting sick. And then you're like, oh, God, he's going to die. It half works, but it's like if we didn't see the first guy getting sick, which we could have shown, like him not feeling well, getting like sick as he's trying to talk to people or whatever, and then we see him getting sick, we might oh go, oh my god, this is how this works, uh, and then maybe show him falling down on the floor, mm-hmm. you know, do show us how debilitating this is, so that when he's in the back of the truck, and then the alien, and then the Star Boys come out and put their hands on him and heal him maybe that would have had more of an impact. It's like things like that, like moments like that, where I'm like, you show us a bit more instead of just talking about mm-hmm. it. I think that's where like the documentarian takes over 
And he's like, well, 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 we said everything. We told you everything. Well, yeah, but I want to see it. It's, 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 it's a movie, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah, I the mean, stuff like, where. Uh, I, I totally agree, Ryan. I mean, if, if, for example, if they had, I, I don't, if they had explained how the guys that are driving the pickup truck have such a loose schedule that they can just take a couple of days off and head out to the desert and not be like, who, what is happening? Yeah. We, I got a thing I got to get to. They never complain. They're never like, what's the timeline for this? So that's Just because curious. when you're a prospector, you are working 24 hours a day. You're <laughs> oh, never not yeah. working, Mark. Uh, that's true. Oh, they have it. all got the it. time because they are always on call. They are like always Like a real working. estate agent. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> got it. All right, let's go to our favorite scene. I've already spoiled mine, but Mark, what's your favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene is, I, I already talked about when they pull up in the car and get out and yell, Dan! And he just shows up with the dog, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. Also, what I love about that scene is the dog, which is like a St. Bernard or some kind of like long-haired big dog. And the dog has been roaming the hills of... of the Laurel uh, Canyon, of yeah. Laurel Canyon. For, uh, at this point, days? Right. I mean... <laughs> I have two dogs that spend 90% of their lives inside the house. And after two weeks, they look practically feral. This dog yeah, yeah. is groomed. He's clean. He's not all <laughs> matted up. And I'm nope. like, how? I don't know how you're doing it. Maybe it's the Star Boys, but amazing. Amazing. Work. All dogs maybe, should be Kevin. Um, <laughs> was it Kevin? For some reason, I thought it was Frank. No, you're right. It's, it's Frank. Frank. It's Frank. It's oh, Frank. Right. You're right. Yeah. It is Frank. Yeah. Because I remember thinking like, Great name for a dog. Yeah, that Frank. Is, yeah, Frank. I love when dogs have just people names like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just Frank. So um, I love that Dan's always out there, ready to go, and the dog's always clean. He's always nearby. That's the thing about Dan. He's always nearby, mm -hmm. always working. Yeah. Always. Like Erica, a prospector. Erica, your favorite mm -hmm. scene. Honestly, I think my favorite scene is when they are going into the facility and she starts to scream because she feels like she's being cut. She can kind mm -hmm. of feel she's on the wavelength of alpha and she feels that pain. I really thought that was just really interesting that it, d it doesn't work out well for them. It immediately reveals that they're in there. Right. It, re it reveals a weakness in the facility because later they're like, oh, that must not have been, you know sealed off we didn't even know that it wasn't, wasn't even in the, the plans blue, it wasn't, it wasn't in the blueprints the yeah. you know um that's I known just, to prospectors only yeah i really like that scene because i felt dot like com. prospectors only.com <laughs> <laughs> it's the meaning website for prospectors only <laughs> <laughs> get dates when you're done digging prospectors.com <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Find um, your diamond in the rough. <laughs> Prospectors.com. Where's the you... water? Prospectors. What if prospectors in this scenario were assuming they like kind of country music? What if they're like super jazz heads? They would not appreciate the fact that <laughs> prospectorsonly.com. Is using sort of a western style song like that's you don't understand us that's not who we are you don't get we us. don't get you don't get us no. i i thought it was interesting that you you don't stand gets us <laughs> you immediately oh, wow. jumped to it being a dating site and i was thinking like 
Well, this is what I prospected yesterday, but if you want my real dirty prospecting, you got to go to prospectors. (laughs) 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 You got to buy a membership and you can see the real shit I found. (laughs) That's hilarious. Prospecting seems to be like um, we. Ca- I caught our our son watching a YouTube video where it is a guy is like got a basically got a He's mounted camera fishing. and he is like fishing in a lake yeah. and he with a magnet and he is mm-hmm. pulling out junk from the and he, every time he pulls something up he's like wow look at this mm-hmm. it's an old part of a bumper that's all rotted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's pulling yeah. total trash. Cell phones. I'm like, hey, yeah. Good, yeah. thank you for taking the trash out of this gross lake, but yeah. also like it's not cool stuff that you're getting yeah. out. It is gross trash. And then he like holds up the camera and shows you. That's prospecting. That's prospectorsonly.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> my favorite scene, I like I said, had to be the orb scene. Um, I that ending, just wow. Uh, I mean, I also did love it when Iris did read the magazine and, and Purcell and then <laughs> flipped through it and then got angry and threw it against the wall. I mean, that made me laugh uh, out loud. Mm-hmm. That was pretty wonderful. But I, I, is that, I understand if you thought this ending in this movie has got, we got to have a big ending, but it's one of those things where you roll the dice on that effect. You know, the, mm-hmm. the orb is so big, there's no other way to do it. You can't do it practically in any way. So you have to do it in the desert with a giant effect. And it either is going to be great or it's going to be what's in this movie. And (laughs) it just is like, what a roll of the dice, man. God, Mm -hmm. you know, God bless, dude. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But anyway, I love that scene. It it just cracked me up. Let's get into final questions. These are our final questions for Wavelength. How empty are churches at night? It feels like you can ransack the place if you wanted to. Like you can, you grab the lost and found, you can make a phone call. You can almost burn yourself with candles. You can do whatever you want at a church at night and no one bothers you. I think they are pretty empty at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so. I mean, movies have taught me they're empty at night. Yes. Right. So, yes. I mean, I don't know. No, but there's no one there to be like, can I help you? There's not a soul there. I mean, no, they're t- they're. I mean, if it's a Catholic church, you might have at night someone doing adoration, so there's probably someone sitting there. Because they walk into that church likely. like they own it, and they just do whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. Also, they have well, three naked star boys with them, and apparently that also didn't raise an <laughs> eyebrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with um, huge dicks, huge. <laughs> like they're with the biggest dicks, the no, biggest dicks. No, <laughs> which they eat with. No. <laughs> it's true. You gotta buy a subscription on prospectorsonly.com. No! You can find it. I'll show you everything. Prospectors.com is don't make it dirty. Don't make it dirty. <laughs> prospectors only. Yeah, only. exactly. Don't muddy the waters. <laughs> uh, Do you, that, you'll get some muddy waters on prospectorsonly.com. <laughs> Where you? That's where you're hoping for. That's where the gold is, literally. Oh God! Do you think Bobby wishes that those kids could put their hands on him and somehow put thirty-five thousand dollars into his pockets? <laughs> yeah, he definitely does. Or whatever it is that he owes them. 
Yeah. He's like, after definitely. you fix me, I have shards of a guitar. Could you please put your hands on <laughs> that you as well? Please fix the guitar I shattered for no good reason, and I really need that guitar to finish my album. And he's like, and I just wrote a new song called Shards of a Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. He has fans of his music and there's three star boys and they just left the planet. <laughs> oh, that's true. It was only three oh. fans. Damn. Can you guys name the two Native American characters that Keenan Wynn calls on for help? Mm. Remember their names? Ooh. Nope. No. Nope. Again, I was just so impressed with their loose schedule and not being yeah. able to just be like sure we can do this all day and night they just show up out of almost nowhere just from him calling from the church and their names are fleming and warren oh <laughs> I did those not, are the names of the guys didn't see that coming did no not see that. uh they're played by um jim elk and ivan naranjo both of whom never do anything else new world and they both passed around 2012 2013 mm. But uh, great characters, really cool. They show up for like a second and just as the movie's ending already, yeah. it feels like. But anyway, um, they just kind of all of a sudden like, there's and these two more guys. later it finally ends. Yeah. yeah. You're like, like, oh, we're at the end. Oh, no. Yeah. Hey, no. we got two new guys. Oh, well, it's ending. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here. Um, once they were out in the desert, though, did Bobby and Iris have sex in the back of his truck? Oh, maybe. <laughs> You're not alone, guys. They're <laughs> naked in the back of his truck and the star only the star boys up on the cliff is what makes uh Bobby go, "Whoa." What, like what about Fleming and Warren and damn the three other people that you are with, one of whom owns the truck you're trying to have sex in right now? Yeah. That they were not that what what were they doing during all this? And it was a little confusing that Bobby was like, Oh, Star Boys, wouldn't Iris be like Exactly Hey, what's happening? Oh, yeah, they're Star watching Boys. us. Yeah. yeah, but she was cool with it, apparently. She was all right with yeah. it. Yeah, and it, that's what we learned. She was right. totally into it. Finally, the end shot is the group in Fleming's truck driving into the desert. Where are they going? Are they desert people now? Where are they heading to? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a great point. And they got the trailer. And yeah. Because they, uh, where they're, I'll tell you where they're not going. Back to the city. Yeah. They're driving further into the desert. Yeah. Well, they might be going to visit Oatman, Arizona, which is a mining town that started <laughs> in 1915. Ooh. I mean, it's, is... you know. Wow. So that's, is that the San Francisco of Arizona? <laughs> oh, it's near Bullhead City. So, yeah, you know, so the West Coast. You can go check out. It's a fun place to visit. It's an authentic Western town. <laughs> oh. There's burrows roaming in the streets and gunfight stage on the weekends. So the burrows are tame and can be hand fed. So don't worry. <laughs> oh, wow. How many stars would you give that? Yeah. I'd I give it out of five, four and a quarter. Yeah, mm. pretty. I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. steep incline. You got to take some. You got to take a some star, star, half star off away. Yeah. Steep incline yeah. to reach the borough. Got to yelp that city, though. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's just finish up with a small bit of research. Um, this is a movie that, again, is from another. It is from my favorite era of New World Pictures, which is the limbo between ownerships. <laughs> We've already talked about Striker 
and we've talked about the pit. Uh, we've talked about some other movies from this era and I just love it. They're just, you know, Roger Corman sold the company, the new owners. They hadn't made any movies yet. They just were buying movies. A cover girl, also another one of them. They're just buying movies from everywhere and just mm-hmm. putting them out in theaters. And this is one of them. This is one that they picked up. This is basically a movie financed by, um, uh, by a Chicago, by Chicago financiers. And again, they said they had to wait on special effects, but I think they had to wait on new world pictures being like, Oh yeah, we'll release that. Here's some, what, what do you need? What's the money you need? Yeah. Probably not a lot. Great. We'll buy it and we'll put it out. Um, it opens um, after death stalker in huh. September. Mm-hmm. Death's, talker death talker followed yeah. by last plane out also in september turkey shoot aka escape 2000 in october and the prey in november so this is like a period in 1983 where we're getting you know maybe the one corman film that they produced the prey is actually one that is something that was made during or, or purchased during corman's era because it was shot in the early 80s and then it's released years later and that was one thing that they had to contractually uh release the new owners so that was one they just had to dump out so that's when they that's when they do it um but we'll talk about that when we talk about the prey this was purchased uh as i said simply to uh, to to fill a release date and i don't even think new world got the home video rights because the vhs was released by embassy so this is one they're just like dumping Mm -hmm. out there just because they're like okay we got something here you go Mm -hmm. According to the AFI catalog, filming took place in the Los Angeles, California area over a period of 29 days on a budget of approximately $2 million. Wow. 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 Yeesh. God, did half of that go to Robert Carradine? That's a lot. <laughs> I don't understand where that money went, but okay. Yeah. Um, Wavelength received its first public screenings at the Cannes Film Festival. In May 1983, as stated in like a full page advertisement in uh, in Variety, and I'm like, it at Con in 1983. Yeah. Wow. Now I looked up what was what was in Con. It it does not show up. So it is. I I guess they played it there, like they screened it there, but it's not in competition, and it's not even filming. It's not even film that's out of competition. At least not according to any website, Con website or whatever. But just so we know, here's a couple of films that were playing there. Um, in competition, we've got Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. We've got The King of Comedy. We've got um, The Year of Living Dangerously. So Wavelength um, is, is doing well this year. Yeah, right. It's, you're going to do well against all yeah, that. Yeah, you're like, and, oof, we picked a good year. The Meaning of Life wins the Grand Prix, so well done on that one. Films out of competition, um, War Games, hmm. the, the Hunger, Tony Scott, Streamers by Robert Altman. So, I mean, I feel like Wavelength would have really kicked some ass, but it is not uh, in any of those any in any of those competitions. They clearly just said, "Hey, we're also screening this movie Wavelength. If you got time." In between, <laughs> in between other movies that you want to watch, <laughs> right? So then, eventually, this opens uh, in August 1983. They open it in Chicago, Dallas, Texas, Minneapolis. Um, then the, it opens in September, as I said, in LA because in Variety there is an advertisement that mentions uh, earnings of 
uh, or actually, the, this is this is earnings during the first three weeks of six hundred twenty-three thousand five hundred ninety-one dollars. So really chipping away there at their two million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, it only makes forty-eight thousand dollars from nineteen the- uh, theaters mm-hmm. during its opening week in Los Angeles. So they open it a little bit in sort of the Midwest Dallas area, then they move it over to to LA. It doesn't do great. So let's get to our the last question I ask sometimes, if I remember. And that is because we don't like to say a movie slaps, because that is for music, in my eyes, and our eyes. Uh, instead, we like to ask, does this movie queef? That's something that Erica came up with. This is my legacy. And so I have <laughs> to ask it. you both, does Wavelength queef? Are you asking me first? Yes. Oh, I'm asking, no, I'm asking you both. So, it... uh, for me, yeah, this is a big old queef. It was totally not what I expected. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I, for me, it queefs. Okay. This is. I didn't think that that was what you were going to say. I haven't watched it with you. I did not think you were going to say this queef. Mark, does this queef? Well, I, I have to. Okay. If, if the criteria is, it's totally unexpected and a surprise Mm -hmm. then this is a hard queef Mm -hmm. but if it's a a a surprise and a delight Mm -hmm. this is no queef according to your your definition of the queef it is something that takes you by surprise Mm -hmm. but also has a pleasurable feeling because it is releasing air so there is something to no, I mean, well, I mean, we know what a queef is. Yeah, yeah. we all know what a queef okay. is. Don't, Gross. Don't, don't explain it. Ugh. Now with your explanation, I don't okay. think anything queefs okay. anymore but queefs. <laughs> You've ruined it. <laughs> Get off. You're off my wavelength. Had, You're off. Had, You're off. We, we had something so... <laughs> I, I made something beautiful. We had something so, you made it gross. We had something so quaint <laughs> and pretty. And, I had something and so I, squat and you ruined right, it. And I had to throw it on a prospectorsonly.com. Oh. <laughs> So it uh, is, there's a lot of queefing on that. A lot. I, I don't even know if this is possible. Can you half queef? Yeah. So to me, yeah. this is like a half queef. It's a half yeah. queef. Mark, Mark, Mark is certain. I think it's just it's just a little one where you're just it's just a little. Yeah, it's yeah. I feel like, like that's oh. what this one is. There is some decent uh, stuff in Mark's it. I just... some real airy queefs in his day, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we say this a lot when we talk about New World Pictures movies, but I feel like this is a solid first draft of a movie. Like, this is a really good beginning. But it doesn't quite get there, so for me, it's it's a half. Mm, I don't know if it's even a complete draft. It feels yeah. like they got the beginning and they got the end. And the then third, that the third part, act, they're like, we'll that figure it out part, later. And... Like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll just, sh- yeah. we're going to have all the actors and we'll just like kind of figure it out as we go. They're like, the money's we... here. We got to shoot. You're like, oh no, <laughs> fellas, I, I was going to. Fellas, you're really splitting queefs here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to split queefs. Let's... Yeah, you're right. That's. Is it queef or does it not? We're going to yeah. get into half queefs we, now, a fourth, can't... a whisper queef. Come on. This is too much. <laughs> You yeah, you're right, Erica. It's too much. Uh, keep it simple. Keep it simple <laughs> and give us a queef or a follow <laughs> on the social medias. Follow us there. That has been our episode of Wavelength, and this is the end of our Forbidden World July. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to some of the other episodes we've done, listen 
to our interviews with Susan Justin and Mark Showstrom, and also our episode about the movie itself, Forbidden World. We hope you enjoyed Forbidden World July. I know we have. And we'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. What do you think they're going to do to us? Not a damn thing. Right now, Iris only wants to do is keep her mouths shut. Bobby was right. For the Air Force, it was back to business as usual. And the whole thing would go down in the books as just another unconfirmed UFO sighting. But for the rest of us, well, we all spend a lot of time these days looking up at the night sky. Bobby's afraid we'll never see them again, but I'm not so sure. Like I said, I have a sense about some things.